Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Normal. It's your host Adam Sane, and in the uh, studio tonight, I have a very special uh, guest co-host, Mr. Bobby Church. Say hello to everyone at Conspiracy Normal, Bobby. Howdy, everybody. <laughs> Glad to be here. Bobby's sitting in for Luke since it's Mother's Day, and Luke has gone to see his mommy. So we're all here. Uh, we're all here just uh, on Conspiracy Normal, and uh, wish mm-hmm. a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And on the line, we have uh, Mr. Uh, Tom Bionic. What's up, yo? Here to, uh, come back since it's been about two years since he's been on this show. He's one of our first guests way back in 2012. And I wanted mm-hmm. to bring uh, Tom on back again. And uh, we're just going to talk about kind of a potpourri of subjects tonight. It's kind of a loose mm-hmm. kind of conversation among friends. So, uh, Tom, uh, thank you for coming back on. Howdy. Welcome. Uh, thanks for uh, having me, and here we go. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah. Tom, uh, you were uh, one of the co-hosts of Future Quake, one of my influences, and uh know you, uh, you're a good friend of mine personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, there's some people, I think it was like uh, episode four was the, was the one that you were on, and there was an episode that was actually lost to time for a while. Oh, yeah, the lost and, episode, yeah. yeah. That's the one that ended up in Chris's couch, and uh, then it uh, wasn't returned for about a few months. So that was actually supposed to have been episode three, and actually became episode mm-hmm. sixteen. So it actually has been a very long time since you've been on the show. So uh, for mm-hmm. any of our new listeners that are out there, since we're getting a lot of listeners off of uh, Fringe Radio Network now, uh, can you kind of go over who you are and uh, what it is that you've studied and what it is that you that you do? Huh. 
Well, interesting questions. Well, uh, my name is Tom Bionic uh, uh, for the radio audience. Um, anyway, Absolutely. we had one too many um, one too many stalkers to give away my give away my my uh, give away, give away anything other than my superhero identity. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, 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 first and foremost, I am a, uh, a believer in Jesus Christ, and uh, I try to follow him and do things and emulate him and minister in his kingdom as appropriate, and as, I'm, as, the, as the Spirit leads me to do so. And uh, since that's sort of the founding and grounding principle and uh, position in my life, um, it's led me in a lot of number of interesting ways, and uh, uh I've had a. I've, I've been involved in a number of different uh, um, organizations and, and stuff. Uh, to that would be immediately relevant to um, to the listening audience would be the uh, uh, show Future Quake, which you'd mentioned that had a it had a nice Absolutely. long run. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I still get people emailing about how awesome and how influential it was to them, and uh, very touched by that. You know, for me and for me and my co-host Doctor Future, it was just. It was just really good, good fun, and a way to really learn about um, what how the world really works. You know, um, you can't really understand the signs of the times without understanding the time. And um, uh, and so, in that sense, it was really it was really a formative part of my life. It was like getting a you know getting a master's degree in how the world really worked. Um, uh, another one which we may talk a little bit about uh, is a is a ministry called Stop Sleep Paralysis, was there for a while. It's kind of been taken over by uh, another good friend of mine, Chris White, who's doing, really doing more with it. And uh, uh, he also has a couple other people answering emails and, and other stuff. He's just written a book, and um, and uh, so he's, he's trying to sort of bring out sort of the ideas and truths of the sleep paralysis thing to a wider audience. And, well, let's uh, talk a little bit about that sleep paralysis. Let's talk a little bit because we had you on for a whole show about it. But um, and you know we'll have Chris here probably in the the near future to come on to talk about sleep paralysis mm-hmm. a lot more. But I kind of want to go over kind of your um, your definition of sleep paralysis and also kind of the experiences that people have had that have that have come to you about it mm-hmm. when you had that ministry. Uh, well, okay. Uh, sleep paralysis. Um, sleep paralysis is a it's a an experience that people have when they go to sleep, where they fall asleep, and they wake up and they can't. They basically they can't move. Right. And uh, after that, you know, who knows what? You know, the there's there's just lots of different stuff that happens. As far as that goes, some people see stuff. Uh, some people, uh, some people uh, are attacked by what seems to be unseen hands and beings. Um, some people, uh, um, you know, hear strange things. And uh, my uh, uh, medical, most medical folks will say, most uh, uh, medical doctors who will study this will tend to say that it's a um, it's just something it's just something that happens when you sleep and it's purely uh, physical mechanisms in your body getting messed up right this is like it's um 
it's a way to keep your body to keep yourself from lashing out in the middle of the night in your dreams. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, and um, uh, and I would and I took the different tack that that at least some, if not a majority, of the cases of sleep paralysis were essentially spiritual in nature, and um, so you know the thing that was sort of you know rolling around and attacking you in the middle of the night or whatever. Uh, you were it, it, it was it was a real entity in that sense, and so um, so you had to you had to there was you know you had to sort of look after that and and uh, again and again and again again as a Christian again and again and again we found that um, you know that attacking it and treating it treating the experience uh, as a primarily spiritual phenomenon. Uh, most notably with the name and authority of Jesus Christ, stopped it for lots and lots and lots of people. So, um, you know, um, and so that's that's kind of what that's kind of what happened. You know, people would the the ministry uh, originally took form with people would have this experience. They would get up in the middle of the night and they would write, "Hey, uh, I'm having this problem. Help!" And yeah. and so you would so so you would. You, you know, you'd ask them to sort of write what was going on and tell them, and then uh, they would, they would, uh, uh, you know, tell you what had happened and a little bit about your life and about their life and everything. And uh, uh, based on what was going on, you know, it's not, it's not medical advice. Uh, you know, we'd say, well, okay, I think this thing is at least partially spiritual. Um, and we would explore their relationship to Christ, and, uh, Christianity, and those sort of things. And uh, folks that were you know, folks that were willing to go that way again and again and again, they were able to stop it, you know. So uh, that tends to kind of, that for me at least, that tends to kind of prove the point that if it was just a spiritual thing or just a physical thing, uh, as as most people will tell you, it's just, it's just this or it's that or whatever, uh, then uh, prayers should have no effect. And yet, and yet, again and again and again, it did. You know, bringing the power and authority of Jesus Christ stopped it for you know, for for person after person after person. What would be the relationship between sleep paralysis and, say, like alien abduction? Well, uh, it's possible that they're they're uh, it's sort of different different aspects of the same larger experience where, you know, malviolent spiritual entities are willing to, um, willing to get at you. In the case of uh, alien abduction, it seems to me, based on, you know, reading, you know, both Christian sources and secular sources, Jacques Vallée's book, Dimensions, is a great one, um, yeah. especially the last, the last sort of part of it, um, that it's just, it's just uh, different different manifestations of the same larger spiritual experience uh, whereas in the in the alien sort of thing people are trying to be tricked into doing uh, uh, you know believing in these entities and sort of letting them into their life um, to be tormented and hassled uh, you might think of it like you know these spiritual intruders on your life are just wearing a mask and it could be a very detailed mask you know people right. off the court they're They've been taken up and they've been experimented on and this and that and you know horrible things and tapping into the whole family and this and that. Um, 
with sleep paralysis, it's it's much the same sort of result, you know, uh, especially when you stop and see that uh, modern New Age thought tends to tends to tell folks that, oh, really what you need to do, you're just, that's your body evolving and that's your energy body evolving and you need to just let it happen more. You know, this, yeah. this horribly terrifying experience, you just need to let it happen more. Or, um, okay, yeah, those things are, those those things might be spirits, but they're there to really help you do something else with with this experience. And so you just need to give into it. You just need to relax instead of fighting. You just need to give into it. And and um, and so I, it, in both cases, the idea is you just need to let it happen. And it's really not bad, even though it seems horrid. You know, you you are a chosen one, and you get to evolve as a as a spiritual being or something you know and so so in, in that sense they're really sort of both they're both sides of the same the same thing i've i've met a couple of people that have had you know those those experiences and uh you know you and i've read other of other people that have had the same kind of experiences and there are the, those people out there that believe that you know these aliens come in, take you against your will, and take you and do God knows what to you, like the whole Whitley Strieber thing with the anal probe and all that. Mm-hmm. And like that's supposedly supposed to be this, um, supposed to be kind of like this uh, wonderful, pleasant uh, experience that that, mm-hmm. it, that just really just sounds like kidnapping and rape. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If it's if it's really if it's really like. If it's really being trying to sort of, you know, wake up my energy body as I evolve, why do they need to yeah. give me the anal probe again and again and again? You know? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm probably not. A, I'm probably not evol- evolving out of my, my rear end. You know. I mean, <laughs> maybe they're just confused. <laughs> Could be. Anything's possible. No. Uh, yeah. So it's it's again and again and again. You see that that people can treat this stuff spiritually. And um, and uh, it, it stops and goes away, and it and oftentimes in the process of making it stop, uh, it, it it behaves exactly like Jesus talked about, you know, where you send the spirits away, and then they go back to arid places and they don't like it, and then they want they want back into their into their abode, and um, and uh, bring seven spirits with them. Most of the time, what happens? People pray about this and, and and deal with it in a spiritual manner, and it goes away. And then a week later, it happens even worse. And they're like, "What happened?" And it's like, "Well, you show them in the New Testament. You know, I said Jesus said this was going to happen." And they go, "Well, what do I do now?" And I said, "Well, you do the same thing. You keep kicking them out. Keep keep yeah. telling them to leave in the name of Jesus, and eventually they'll get the picture." And and so that is the that's kind of the situation with that, you know, that's, uh, I don't, I don't do as much stuff with sleep paralysis, uh, as I used to, um, sure. you know, I'm in the process of, I'm in the process of starting a family and, you know, moving into a much larger house. I've been promoted at work a bunch of times. Uh, I've got, there's a lot, there's a lot on my plate. The Lord has put in front of me. So, um, yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about you know later on before we go about your, like the you know kind of the ministry and you know what it is that you're doing now. 
and I think that in and of itself is important sure. um, to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing that we talk about on the show a lot, we talk about ghosts, and we we just had uh, John Zaffis on uh, last time talking about demonic possession mm-hmm. and uh, also violent and extreme hauntings. Um, would you see a relationship between um, events like alien abduction and sleep paralysis with those two kinds, of, with those that kind of phenomenon? Um, well, yeah. I mean, um, I have. I'm not really. I'm not really in that world, and never have been in the ghost world. Sure. However, just because, just because of, I guess, of the calling at the time in my life. Um, you know, when you start sort of stepping into weird spiritual territory like that, you know, strange, strange things happen. You know, I would, yeah. uh, on, 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 on at least two, let's say two occasions, I've, I've dealt with houses that were, you know, haunted and, uh, made it stop, you know, again, using the power and authority of Jesus Christ. And, uh, um, so, uh, when it, you know, I would have to take it on a case-by-case basis, so to speak. But uh, as far as as far as that goes, I would just say that you know that's just more stuff there in the spiritual world, in the spirit world, and um, it's it, you know we can sort of debate about the causes of it. But Jesus Christ is sort of the is it's it's the trump card of all things. And and you know we've been instructed not to really play around with those things too much. Uh, so what was the uh, what was going? Do you remember what was going on in those houses? Um, well, one of them was just having uh, one of them was just having knocks and stuff and banging on the wall and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, yeah. And and this was this was actually related to the proximity. It turns out of another ministry that dealt with people in a spiritual sense, but they didn't know, they didn't know what was going on over, you know, two houses down, and they weren't, they just, they just didn't know what was going on, they didn't know what was going on across the street, you know, these neighbors were praying for people who had been being possessed and all that sort of stuff, and um, once we kind of got that stuff sorted out, you know, the stuff stopped, Uh, and then the first one was uh, a friend of mine said that their house was haunted, but they needed somebody to stay and watch their dog. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, so they said, well, who do we know that's crazy enough to watch our dog in a haunted house? <laughs> <laughs> and so they called me, and, um, you know, they told me all. They told me, yeah, so we're going to do that. We'll pay you and all this stuff. And then, uh, um, and then, and then like, uh, they said, oh, by the way, our house is haunted, and here's what goes on at night, and, you know, there's knocks and steps and um, door might open and, you know, you might find some books sliding off the shelf. And uh, um, I said, well, you guys know that I'm a Christian and I might, you know, there's a good possibility I might pray against this and I might go away. And yeah. they said, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And and that's basically exactly what happened. You know, I woke, I was asleep on the couch, and I woke up, and the dogs were barking at something in the in the corner of the wall. And mm. uh, I said, you know, I, I prayed it. I prayed by the power and authority of Jesus Christ, get out of here, leave. And I left. And you know, the dogs stopped barking, and they kind of got sad for a second, and then walked back into the 
walked back into the room and laid down. And so then I laid down, and that was it. So what do you what do you feel that that was? Do you feel that that was a, like demonic spirits, or um, do you have a take on that? Um, well, I would just say that it was it was uh, my sense is is that it was a spirit masquerading. Um, they felt it was like an old. It was a young thirteen-year-old uh, daughter of the former owner of the house who had passed away there in the eighteen hundreds. And I didn't okay. buy any of that. I, and I didn't buy any of that. I said, "No, nah, this is this is probably just demonic, and it's just it's just for whatever reason is not like you know throwing your lampshades across the room or something." Um, right. So uh, so uh, you know all there. There being all levels of, of, of that sort of stuff, I tend to look at those sort of things. Uh, again, I'm not really an expert, but there tends to be the more that the the, the more that you do certain behaviors, uh, uh, it tends to invite you know spiritual problems and spiritual stuff into your house. Right, like open and, doors. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that might be a good way. A lot of people talk about it as open doors. Uh, you open a doorway through through you know all sorts of different types of uh, of behavior, and uh, so you have this you have this invitation phase, invitation and attraction, and then right. once stuff sort of starts in the house, you can you can call it you know vaguely you vaguely can call it kind of oppression, and that could be you know for hundreds of years there's not much invitation there, there hasn't been much invitation so all it is is maybe footsteps in a you know uh, a cold right. draft every once in a while or something not nothing nothing out of the ordinary you know if unless somebody was kind of acutely aware of what was going on or maybe paying attention a little more than normal then uh, they really wouldn't put too much stock in it uh, and then you have and then that sort of ramps up in 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 violence and and activity to the point where you've got it goes from oppression to actual possession where people are there uh, the the spirit has kind of attached onto the person so to speak and right. and and you know they're hearing voices in their head 24 hours a day they're uh, um, they're having weird stuff go on with them their mood swings they're depressed they're they don't know why, they're, but they're chronically lying about stuff and getting into weird behaviors and all this sort of stuff, up until the point where that this thing, you know, this entity has sort of it went it went from being it went from being in the the invitation phase to not being not being there in the in the attraction phase and oppression phase, being you know around the house and then in the sort of the possession phase, going from uh, various levels of being able to influence one person's will. And those are all, I mean, those are just my own definitions. Uh, you know, uh, different people have different ways they think of, of, of how these things work. And I don't, I mean, this is, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to rewrite the book. I'm just trying to right. solve, solve the problems that are in front of me and make a, make a biblical, if you will, sort of a vague biblical case of how things are going. Um, have you ever had any? Oh, I'm sorry. Have you ever had any personal experiences with, um, you know, face-to-face oppressions or you know, demonic yeah. spirits? Oh yeah, all the time. Um, <clears throat> I, I've had, I've had ministries where, where, um, you know, 
work in different ministries in the, in a capacity where uh, you're dealing with people who are having they've had lots of problems and right. they've done lots of bad things in their life and maybe their family has done lots of bad things and um, you know uh, you'll talk to them and they'll just tell you it's like look I'm hearing voices 24 hours a day telling me that I need to that I'm no good that I'm killing myself they're just swearing at me and yeah. That's all I hear, day and night. And How would you distinguish that, though, from, like, normal schizophrenia? Well, Not uh, that schizophrenia is normal, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it's a, it's, that's, a, that's a good question. And the way that I, yeah. the way that I do it is if, is if somebody can show me a brain scan of abnormal behavior, then I could go, okay, this is physical. Um, right. But there, there are plenty of cases of people who have those, that type of behavior uh, that it'll match up with schizophrenia, you know, DSM-4 schizophrenia, and then it won't be, it'll be, uh, you know, you, you, you pray over them and say, look, your problems are, are, you know, basically your problems are sin, and your problems are, are all of these other things, and we're here to help you. Let me pray with you. Uh, you need to replace the old with the new, and uh, I can help you with that, too. Uh, or the the, the Holy Spirit can help you with that too, if you will. And you know, you pray with people, and then they go, then they say, "Oh, uh, well, I feel a little better." Hey, wait a minute, the voices are gone. It's like, yeah, the voices are gone. They're going to come back, but I'll show you how to get rid of them. Um, and you need to really start thinking seriously about having a relationship with Christ, because look what's just happened. They stopped the voices, and uh, and, and and so it's a. In that sense, it's a, it's not, I mean, in my, I'm not trying to, like, write a, you know, I'm not trying to write a manual, I'm not trying to do anything like that. I'm just trying to help sure. people that are in front of me. So, right. um, uh, you're, the question, uh, normal schizophrenia versus all these other things, um, you just have to sort of go with it. And, and in my sense, you almost have to go with your gut, you right. know. Somebody comes to you and they talk about these problems. Like I had, I had one guy who was a he had before he accepted Christ had been a witch and had been in uh, into doing bad stuff uh, in the military, kind of some pretty evil stuff. And uh, as part of his normal duty with the military, and so he uh, so he was that's what he was doing. And then he got saved, became not a you know obviously gave up his witchcraft stuff, got cycled out of the army, and was diagnosed with, um, diagnosed with schizophrenia. And what, what, what type of things was he doing? Um, well, he was, he was a, a special forces guy. And oh, okay. So, he's, so the witchcraft kind of came later, or? I, I, well, I mean, I don't know. We didn't have, we didn't have a, we didn't have a super long conversation. We talked right. via... We talked uh, via the internet for a little while, and uh, you know he said he was having these problems, and he was a Christian now. Really wished they would quit, and that his medication really wasn't helping. And uh, I told him, you know, look, I'm not a doctor, so don't take what I'm telling you as medical advice, because it's not. Um, but it sure sounds like it's a spiritual thing, so you might try praying about it. And then I didn't hear right. it. And then I didn't hear from him for about six months. And, um, you know, what, what's, 
you know, and then he wrote wrote and said that the whole thing had stopped, everything had stopped, and and that was it. You know, it it turned out it was it was completely spiritual. And uh, just wrote to thank me for for you know helping him out. And, right. You know, I mean, I'm in that sense, it's funny because it's not like I'm doing a lot of helping. I'm just pointing people to the answer. I'm just a screwdriver or a signpost. And sure. so, you know, uh, I don't I don't have any particular, you know, magical powers or anything like that. I just say, look, I mean, I hate to get I hate to get all, you know, I hate to get all Christian on you, but guess what? These answers not only have they worked for thousands of years, I've seen them work again and again in my own life in radical ways for other people. And you need to you need to really think hard about this. And and if people if people are willing to put their pride aside and and think about these sort of things, then then yeah, they're, again and again, it's like well, it, for the hundred fifty seventh time, you know, Jesus Christ wins again. And and, yeah, and you see you know, it consistently, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's like pretty pretty consistent. Yeah, all the something time. I wanted to talk about briefly, uh, Tom was. Um, you know, we had talked about it a little bit. Um, we did like a show on it. That was actually the <laughs> missing show. Uh, was we talked about a little bit about you know false flag terror, which was something that you guys talked about on Future Quite quite a lot. Yeah. And um, can you kind of go into how you came to study that, and and exactly what specific brand or, or event of false flag terror that you that you came to study? Well, uh, I got I got into false flag terrorism uh, largely through reading up on on 9/11 and um, and and the other things that sort of surrounded it, as well as historical events such as the the, the bombing of the USS Liberty 67 right. and and other uh, other stuff like that. And so once you start once you start looking at looking at things like that, you find that um, you find that not only has it been going on like forever, you know, like you can say that the thing that started the really <laughs> the thing that really started the persecution for Christians in earnest was a false flag terrorist event. Uh, this guy, this emperor uh, Emperor Nero, he wanted to gentrify uh, he wanted to gentrify uh, Rome, and so he he had somebody set a fire and burn down burn down the the inside you know the inner side uh, the inner city of Rome, uh, and it burned for like three or four days till it was finally out, and then blame the whole thing on the Christians, which is what turned which is what turned the uh, um, what turned Christians, what turned the public against Christianity uh, in, right. you know, like, you know, 70, 80, 90 A.D., those types of times. I don't know the exact date, so I'm not a historian. I'm just a, I didn't sleep on a holiday in last night either, so. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, again, the point was, is again and again and again, is that, like, you find that governments will just decide, it's like, there are no rules, so we're going to do whatever the heck we want. Um, like, you look at, uh, like, you know, just today, well, May 6th, uh, in the U.S. News and World Report, 
uh, NATO countries may be ramping up their war of words in the coming weeks in Ukraine, where Russian propaganda flows freely into the East, while ill-prepared security forces can't even talk to one another. Multiple officials who spoke with the U.S. News say planning is underway to bolster the Ukrainian government's ability to communicate among its security forces and broadcast to the general public. So essentially what they've just said there is, well, we're going to help you with our your psyops, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, the State Department, uh, here's another one, May 1st. I keep a little running list of these things. The State Department unveiled Wednesday that it is widely employing social media as a method to counter online violent extremism from al-Qaeda and others. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm not the right. I have multiple lists. I keep a, I keep a perception management list, and then I keep a false flag operations list. Let me look at the false flag operations list here. There was recently something, while you're looking for that, there was recently something, uh, I believe, in March where it came out that the, uh, the Turkish uh, prime minister was uh, banning, I think, YouTube. Yeah. To the, to, the, uh, to the American public, it just looked like whoever was interested in the story was, it just looked like, okay, well, he's banning free speech. He's banning yep. YouTube. But the yep. reason he was banning YouTube was because that there was a leaked uh, tape of uh, Turkish army officials um, saying that they were going to blow some of their own, some of their own, I believe, like attack their own men or something like that mm-hmm. in order to get involved deeper into Syria. Yeah, I, I now that you now that you've explained it, I do remember reading that. Here's yeah. another one: CIA, FBI agents advising Ukraine, Ukraine government. Dozens of specialists from the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency and Federal Bureau of Investigation are advising the Ukrainian government, a German newspaper reported Sunday, citing unnamed German security sources. Bild am Sonntag, which is a German newspaper, said the CIA and FBI agents are helping Kiev end the rebellion in the east of Ukraine and set up a functioning security structure. Um, uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh... Well, you know, to me, that's the biggest thing that's going on right now is the Ukraine and what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in your viewpoint, I mean, I have my own views on it, but in your viewpoint, what do you see that's going on there in the Ukraine? Uh, well, well, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, you know, the two news stories I've read, uh, they don't. You know, we know that our people are on the ground in Ukraine. I don't know why that that is our, any of our business. You know, in the right. if, if you look back at if you look back at some of the more well broadcast uh, um, false flag operations and uh, um, uh, you know clandestine government overthrows that the, the United States has done. You look at you look at Jacobo uh, Jacobo Arbenz in Guatemala in, in the early fifties. Uh, he 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 took back a bunch of land that was being used by the fruit companies, and so they 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 went to the they went to the the U.S. government and kind of convinced them that he was a communist, and so they went over there and and you know overturned his government and 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 kind of re reset the works for Guatemala. 
uh, for, for U.S. government interest. Same thing, and essentially the same thing, you know, a couple of years later in Iran, which is really kind of the blueprint. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the, the British were using, the British were using uh, and buying Iranian oil at a deep, deep discount and wanted, uh, and had been, had kind of lost control of the, the area, so uh, uh, they came to the United States and said that if we didn't act now, that Iran was going to turn totally communist. Now, Truman threw them out uh, through, through the British guys who were trying to say that stuff. He threw them out of the, threw them out of the, uh, the White House, but uh, Eisenhower came in, and he was much more of kind of a Cold War guy. And so... Um, uh, Morehouse, I think, was the guy's name. I'd have to look. I have it written down somewhere. Um, uh, this this British agent, you know, had a set up a meeting with the Dulles brothers and said, "Man, if you don't watch out, Iran's going to go communist." And yeah, they're going to go commie. Yeah, yeah they're going to go <laughs> communist. And so uh, the Dulles brothers, who were total total anti-communist, staunch anti-communist decided that they were going to have to convince Eisenhower to go into Iran clandestinely and overthrow its democratically elected government um, and get rid of Mohammed Mossadegh. And well, one of the Dulles brothers was the Secretary of State, and his his brother was the uh, head of the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. One was one was I think the State Department. The other one was the head of the CIA. So it's a powerful powerful family there, you know. <clears throat> and and the one thing I can't figure out is exactly why we're there. You know, what what interest do we have? I mean, the best thing I can think is that it, it help, it's helpful to contain Russia, uh, who I'm sure is still looked at as essentially an enemy by the, by the in, inner halls of the United States government. And because it, if, you take, if you take Ukraine and the Crimea away, I think you've taken away most one more place for them for them of having a uh, uh, a warm uh, a warm water port, and that is a port that doesn't ice over in the winter. Um, right, the Crimea. I mean, the Crimea was essentially you know was always Russian for two hundred years mm-hmm. until I think it was uh, Khrushchev that uh, gave it to the Ukrainians as a. Of course, at that time, it was all the Soviet Union, so it really didn't matter one bit, but he, it was a symbolic mm-hmm. gesture to say, you know, the, the Ukrainians had suffered a lot in the, in the well, both in the under Stalin and then during World War II, mm-hmm. but the people there were like, what, 90% Russian or something? Yeah, and as so, far as, as, far as they I know. They welcomed it. Yeah, they look at themselves as Russians, so right. um, we're not, you know, that that fact, it seems to be, Seems to be sort of swept under the rug when it comes to when it comes to talking right. about how things are going on around in the United States. But um, that's kind of the case, you know. Uh, they see themselves as they see themselves as Russians. So why why are we telling them they're not? You know. And the only answer that I can come up is militarily. It it militarily it helps. Um, Militarily, it helps us contain Russia because it takes away their their warm water port, the only warm water port that they would have. There's also natural gas lines that flow from Ukraine into into Europe as well. Ah, well, that's interesting. So that's uh, 
then there may be a problem there with some of the EU countries, like Germany, I think is pretty, and a lot of the EU countries are pretty dependent on Russia for natural gas, for heating. Mm. So, uh, it, it makes me wonder, I, I really do think that, uh, you know, our State Department people were over there just kind of whipping up that whole, the whole protest in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, that, that cert- it, it certainly seems to have the, the, uh, it certainly seems like it, you know. But we'll, you know, we'll have to see. Well, we'll just see what, we'll just see what comes about it. I don't, I mean, I don't know. The Russians would basically have to, like, either the U.S. would decide they want to start a land war, and land war against the Russians to to really, to do that. And I don't, and I don't think that at this point they see that, uh, the possibility of going into World War Three over. Uh, over the Ukraine there is, is worth anything, but I could be wrong. Well, you know, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff in our media as the Ukraine was going on of uh, really hyping up the fact that, what, that Putin was former KGB and, you know, he was like some low-level colonel, you know. He was never like the head of the KGB when it was the head of the KGB. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just seemed like there was this whole like gleeful notion of hey we got the Russians back as our enemies now you know instead of the yeah. made up uh, terrorists that, yeah uh, we've been fighting for the last you know what going on fifteen years so yeah. it seems to me like they just want the Russians to come back as an enemy yeah well um, there's there's based on based on uh, what some at least some of the ultra ultra right nationalists of our of our country have thought of you know neo extreme neo conservatives um, part of their governing part of their governing philosophy a guy by the name of Leo Strauss he was a right. philosopher, philosopher there in uh, at the University of Chicago he, he he said extensively that you know the people that are in charge uh, so well he said succinctly basically that the people that are in charge are the people that are willing to do whatever is necessary to run the country and to make things happen. Uh, and, the, and one of the ways that they should be willing to do uh, is to start, is to, is to unite the populace against a common enemy. Uh, and if that, means, if that means starting false flag wars and, and making, fake, you know, making fake military campaigns, then so much the better. <clears throat> and this is the guy yeah. that... This is a guy that uh, uh, people like Bill Crystal Senior and and uh, um, other people uh, Pikes um, I can't remember his first name. All of these guys who were uh, Wolfowitz, Paul Wolfowitz, all of these other guys who were big into the neoconservative movement were were into. They just said, "Well, this is you know this is this is our philosophy," and so they kind of put that to work. So uh, I mean. It's entirely, it's entirely possible and even likely that this whole thing was started by the United States, you know, CIA. Uh, I still don't, like I said, I still don't have a clear picture of what the motive would be, but uh, it seems to have all the hallmarks of something that kind of came out of nowhere. Well, I think the, I think the motive is be what I, I mean, I've, what I call is like cage the bear, and yeah. Was the bear being a symbol of Russia? You know, this was dawned in the 19th century. You know, the British had a huge interest in keeping the Russians at bay. Uh-huh. Uh, the 
because there was a you know colonial and imperial competition between the two. Uh-huh. And after World War One, they definitely you know were trying to there was this attempt to keep the Soviets at bay. You know they had the line uh-huh. of countries in Eastern Europe that kept them. It was like the they called it what the cordon sanitaire to keep the keep it was pretty much to keep the Soviets out. And yeah. then you have the big one, which was the Cold War. You know that was also you know cage the cage the bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that this is the same thing. Once that you know they caged the bear during the '90s with the uh, when Yeltsin was in power. Now that mm-hmm. Russia has you know feeling its oats, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, is back kind of on the world stage as a power. Uh, you know they're just doing the same thing that 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 the United States has done, which is you know, try to lord it over the countries that are around them, like the Ukraine, and Belarus, and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't recall the um, I don't recall the State Department official who said it, but I remember the quote: "Every ten years or so, we need to just grab a small, little, insignificant country to throw it and throw it up against the wall, just to show just to show the world that we mean business." Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's very true. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see how this we'll see how this thing in Ukraine goes. I'm not. Uh, I don't. I just don't think it doesn't seem to me to have the hallmark of a of a third world war, like most. No. Other no. like and other I people. Think, I don't think Putin has pulled back some. I think that there was a try that they were going to have a referendum in eastern Ukraine, and I think he's uh, for independence. Uh-huh. And I think he's told him, no, you need to wait, don't do anything yet. So I think he's trying to at least cooperate. So I think he's pulled back some. I think probably what they wanted was Crimea because that's where their navy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. <clears throat> well, what one of the things got? I wanted. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, what else you got? We oh, okay. That problem. What else you got? <laughs> We're solving all the world's problems tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, and this is something that I see a lot on my Facebook feed and kind of this debate that's going back and forth. And I know that you're probably really not involved with this debate, but it is it is interesting nonetheless to me is mm-hmm. the existence of this Hebrews root, Hebrew roots movement mm-hmm. that's going on and can you kind of define that what that is and are, are there some basic kind of like because you are studying to you are studying in the ministry are there some mm-hmm. basic kind of theological problems with that well there's um i mean yeah there's there's uh there's this movement uh that uh is is in a sense very broad that in in general, in general, they want to bring back. Uh, they 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 feel that putting a putting a uh, a Jewish spin on on the New Testament is an essential to learning to learning about Jesus. And um, it starts it starts with folks, in in my opinion, in my experience, I guess I should say, it's it starts with folks who want to go deeper with. To go deeper with with the Lord, they they want to go deeper. Well, the New Testament is pretty explicit about going deeper with the Lord. Um, you do that through through prayer, through fasting, through um, treating treating other people 
unfairly, putting away malice, strife, and anger. Um, you know, the book of Ephesians uh, is, is very explicit, really, in that sense. The first three chapters says all of these wonderful things about Christians and what they're doing and how they're doing things and, and uh, the inheritance that they've been called for, called to, you might say. You know, uh, Paul says stuff like, uh, 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 let's see, here we go, you know, and, and you have been quickened who are dead in trespasses and said, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit which now worketh in the children of the obedience. Uh, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love where his, he loved us, uh, even when we were dead in sins, uh, has quickened us together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. Uh, for by his grace we are saved through faith and not of yourselves. Uh, it is the gift of God. Right. Um, so all of these sort of things, right? Uh, you are a habitation of God. You're a household of God. Uh, you are built up and, and all these wonderful things. And then in chapter 4 it says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. So um, going deeper with God is doing things like, um, you know, uh, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, um, uh, uh, um, uh, being meek uh, with all lowliness and meekness, um, all of these ideas, and that. Uh, but instead, people tend to sort of miss that and decide that going going deeper with God is a is it involves more mysticism, if you might, okay. if, if you will. And they find that they find that oftentimes in the writings of. Uh, the Hebrew mystics of uh, uh, Talmudic stuff and all of those sort of things. Uh, not many people know this, but you know, probably probably two thirds, as many as two thirds of the of the rabbinical Jews these days practice uh, in part some form of Kabbalic mysticism. Um, so much so that uh, uh, there was a guy. Uh, there was a there was a guy that made a, a bad a vote for peace there in um, in in Israel, and a bunch of rabbis were outside his house just recently doing what we would sort of what we would describe as black magic on behalf behalf of 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 you know nationalistic interests, and they're all you okay. know, rabbinic rabbinic rabbis. Um, so all yeah. of this. As, as this relates to sort of the Hebrew Roots movement, what ends up happening is these people, instead of going deeper with the Lord um, by putting away their meekness, putting, putting away malice and slander, being meek, being lowly, being humble, being a servant, uh, putting away anger and wrath, uh, treating others fairly, and, and spending time in prayer and fasting um, and loving people, they, they, they think that going deeper with God is... Is, is saying his name in saying his name in Hebrew and uh, repeating Hebrew phrases, uh, and they re- get wrapped up into this into this mysticism, this Jewish mysticism, 
And it ends up, they end up putting themselves uh, essentially back under the law for, for those Christians who are, for those, those in the audience who are Christians, you'll, you know what that means to the non-Christian. Putting yourself under the law means that God in the Old Testament said that these are the things that you have to do to keep yourself, keep yourself in right standing with me. When Jesus came, he said, all of that is abolished, and now there's only one law, the law of love and the law of liberty. Um, right. And, and uh, uh, it's a big deal to want to try and put yourself back under the law, which is essentially where all of this stuff leads. You know, people will begin to argue that it's important to keep the Passover feasts, that it's important to start, uh, that Sunday is the Sabbath, uh, that God instituted, that, and they'll oftentimes say, this is one of my pet peeves, they'll oftentimes say that, that God has, God has instituted these things forever, and it says forever in the Old Testament. Well, there's half a dozen other things in the Old Testament that, as pertaining to the law, that it says forever, but they never pick up on any of those. You know, if they, if they say that holding the holding the feast, you know, holding the feast days forever, and they point to this and says, "Look, it says forever here, so we need to do it forever." Well, sorry, but it also says that you need to burn the entrails of your meat that you eat, <laughs> and you know, and I don't see anybody doing that. Uh, and right. the other thing is, the other thing is, quite frankly, if you go through and do a careful reading of the Old Testament. Uh, the Old Testament, Levitical, and Deuteronomy, Deuterocanon laws, what you'll find is that it's absolutely essential to have either a tabernacle or a temple. You know, sure. you, can't, you can't keep the law and do these coverings for sin unless you have, you know, like the brazen sea and the altar of, the altar of showbread and the altar of incense and all these other things. And these people who really want to put themselves under the law and there's still laws that you have to keep, where's your... You know, I mean, unless you got like a four-acre place in the back and you put up a big old tabernacle and you're doing it all day <laughs> like that, uh, you know. And so what it is, what it ends up, what it really is is Gnosticism, in my opinion. Oh, when it wow. Gets, when it gets to the, yeah, it's secret knowledge. I know more about God than you do. Than because, you do, yeah. Because I, I can, you know, I can say more things. I can keep the law better than you can. It's the it's the same thing that you would you you would see when I would when I would talk and counsel with people who are new agers. What ends up happening is they'll you know some new age teacher, you know, let's say maybe I don't know Michael Tassarion. He he for ninety nine ninety nine you can buy his collection of tapes or something, and <laughs> and somebody listens to him and has the whole thing down, and but somebody else spent two hundred two ninety nine and bought the deluxe collection. Well, this other guy, you know, and so he's like the big guy on the block because, you know, he studied them all and, you know, he's got it. And then, but then somebody else, you know, he went and spent a thousand dollars and had a, you know, they got the 99, got the, got both collections of tapes and then, you know, got to speak to him on the phone. And, and what it ends up happening is it's, it's sort of spiritual one-upmanship, uh, uh, or more succinctly, perhaps a quest for secret knowledge. And, oh, and yeah, I had what, Michael Tessarian in my house, you know, and, and really, and he slept on my bed, and then <laughs> no, just like that's the yeah, the one up and shit you're talking about. Uh huh. Yeah, it's 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 the same it's the same kind of thing. So I mean, I'm not I'm not super active 
in that in that realm. Um, my my ministry stuff these days is more as more towards administrative uh, and managing a group of a group of counselors and case managers um, right. these days. But it's 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 still something I, I you know help participate in a little bit, and that's sort of consistently the move that you see people they start. They, oh, I want to go deeper with God, and then pretty soon, you know, if left to their own devices, and not, and not, you know, they don't really pray about what they're doing, and they kind of like this direction. Pretty soon, they're, you know, they've got like a towel on their head, and they're wandering around the wandering around the front yard in a in a dishwasher or something, and you know, who knows? They've got like going. a block Ark of the Covenant or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they. They, All the holidays they, are observed, and uh huh. They they've bought they've bought the um they they they've bought a halal friendly. Uh, they're only buying halal friendly meat. They have a Sabbath, you know. They have like a Sabbath compliant uh, refrigerator that doesn't turn off on Sundays, because the idea the halal people have said uh, rabbis have said that once you break a circuit, you're not supposed to start a fire on the Sabbath. Is what it says. In the Old Testament, and the uh, rabbis have ruled in modern for modern electrical appliances that once you break a circuit, the fire's out, right? But if the fire, but if it once you complete a circuit, you start a fire. But if you have a if you have a fridge, like a refrigerator or an oven or something that starts that the fire doesn't stop, uh, uh, or you don't complete the circuit and it just it just trickles, you know the. The, the oven just trickles a little bit, uh, or the, the gas, a gas line just trickles a little bit, like a pilot light, uh, then you haven't struck a fire because the fire uh-huh. was going, you know? So, so all you're doing is just turning something that was already on up and down. Anyway, that's a long, long thing. That, that's a long discussion, uh, a long explanation about, you know, yeah. a minor point. It's not but, a, a show in and of itself. You know, two, two things that bring to, to mind is, uh, well, you got the blood moons thing right now, mm-hmm. and you also have the rabbi that supposedly uh, uh, said Jesus was the Messiah. Awesome. Those are the two. Those are the two yeah. things that uh, that that evangelical crowd have been looking at recently, mm-hmm. and uh, it's all based in. Well, the blood moons thing is based in numerology and astrology. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would. But it's all might... based in this Hebrew stuff. I myself as I myself as a theologically conservative Christian would love it if somebody would make up uh, make up scorecards for people who make predictions. Like the blood moon thing would be a great example. There's there all sorts of folks who hopped on this blood. You know, there are four blood moons for for listeners who don't know. Your poor right. your poor co-host is probably like, what's going on here? Oh, it's crazy. Um, We've just had one recently. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just just taking it all in. Yeah. Uh, for for our listeners who haven't followed this whole, this whole thing, there's there's this there's this phenomenon that as the Earth passes through the through the edge of the shadow of the Earth, it turns the moon red, and it's really interesting to see. Well, um, the Bible mentions a blood red moon in several places that it's calamity, it's a marker for disaster and stuff. Um, but it's also a natural phenomenon, you know. Um, right. And it's so, yeah. yeah. And so, so uh, as far as it goes, um, uh, there's been a lot of 
fringe, fringy uh, um, uh, Bible prophecy writers who have made made much of the fact that there are there are more blood moons than usual um, at this time this year, and it's and it's a bad. It's God warning. Essentially, it's God warning the, the United States that, or God warning his people, or or some other. They 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 find a message in it, in some way, shape, or form. And well, okay, you know, if, if that's if that's you want to put that in print, that's your that's your business. But I, I I really wish people would hold. I really wish the Christian community would hold folks accountable who write stuff like that. You know, yeah, they, uh, you know, like make a make a scorecard or something, you know, like, so when this guy goes to speak again, you can pull the scorecard out and say, I have some questions for you, you know, and ask him some questions and be like, so you predicted this and this and this and that we would all be raptured up into heaven by, you know, by May 5th. I'm still okay. here. So what's the deal, you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, but the Hebrew roots thing is, is is in my opinion essentially essentially a very subtle move towards Gnosticism that starts mm-hmm. that starts perhaps even with somebody who maybe has maybe they really do want to just know the Lord more um, but rather than but they they get wrapped up in they get wrapped up in in the minors and they don't stay with the majors <laughs> loving loving other people you know. I mean, yeah, I think so, like the I, basic stuff. Yeah, I think it's I think it's telling uh, and incredibly unfortunate that you know first century first century Christians. If you look at the read the early writings, one of the first apologists um, was a was a guy writing to the budding church in Corinth about 130 A.D. I don't have it in front of me, so I apologize. But his opening uh, his opening salvo to this. Christian church was, how dare people say that you're not Christians? Just look at how you love other people. You know, yeah. you find people who are sick in the marketplace and pray for the healing. You have fed the, you have fed the hungry. You've clothed the, clothed the naked. While you even stay up all night paying, praying for your pagan neighbor who is sick in bed. You know, and that's not how Christians are known anymore. And it's really, Christians nowadays are known as as sort of angry warmongers, and yeah, are they and, hate gay people? Are yeah. they? Are now they're dressing up in silly clothes with the you know building tabernacles? Yeah, yeah, they're they're known yeah. they're known for all the things except for what they're supposed to be known for, and that's loving God and loving other people. You know, and my in my heart Amen, of heart, I, I long for the day that you know the the church. The people outside of the church go, see how those people love one another. That, that is the mark of Christian. You know, this guy, this right. guy loves his brother. This guy loves other people, and 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 that's how we know that he knows the Lord because of how much that he loved. Well, I don't have too much time, but in the time that we have, a little bit of time we have left, let's talk a little bit about what it is that you're doing now. Uh-huh. In your ministry, in, in your ministry, and mm-hmm. you know what it is that you're, you know what it is that, that you're that you're currently working on, and you know how you're you are helping people. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, what it is I'm doing now? Well, I work at a, I work at an emergency shelter, and uh, uh, I deal with I deal all day with with people who are, uh, you know, down on their luck. Let's say, uh, whether it's drugs or alcohol, or uh, ruined relationships, uh, excessive anger, or um, anything else like that. And uh, and I manage a group of people that uh, are case managers and counselors and are able to do um, able to do all sorts of stuff, you know, trying to help people, whether it's get birth certificates or um, or just do, you know, whatever. Get birth certificates, get a job, you know. And, uh, and part of that is that we have, you know, a Christian organization. Um, we uh, have nightly chapel services. It's the only thing that we require uh, of people is that they want to, they can stay, they can eat, they can do, you know, they can receive counseling, prayer, help, uh, um, and all they have to do is just, all they have to do is come to the chapel, you know, and, uh, and, and from that, obviously, there's, there's many sub-ministries, a clothing ministry, we count down water to people, uh, the temperatures are getting kind of hot, soon we'll be doing a hot patrol looking for people who are maybe unequipped, or the hot weather, maybe people with mental illness and other things like that. They might be out pushing a stroller or a cart, you know, a shopping cart with a jacket on, you know, because they don't, for, for any number of reasons, you know, they're trying to keep the military from reading their thoughts or whatever. You know, that's mm. a guy you got to try and help get inside, you know, try and get him into the cool, into the air conditioning. Um, and, so, and, and so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to I, I, I'm trying to love people, you know. Right. You're putting it into practice. Some sometimes. I mean, unfortunately, my job my job has evolved to the sense that the people who are really loving others, uh, I'm like managing them, and I just get to be like the heavy most of the time. So. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish I was. I wish I was doing more of the loving, but I guess even even cutting somebody off who's manipulating the system is loving, because it forces them to deal with their deal with their problems so yeah. that's that's kind of what i'm doing these days i don't really i don't really podcast i don't read the news that much um i'm just doing i'm just doing what the lord has put in front of me you know trying to love other people um and trying to trying to trying to help them you know yeah absolutely well <clears throat> that's that's interesting that you brought on uh or the business that you're in, I guess, or whatnot, um, that's uh-huh. pretty cool. Um, I actually recently, uh, there's somebody that I work with that was going through a rough time, and he was actually, you know, staying at the shelter uh-huh. in town and uh, whatnot. And uh, he, I, I didn't really dig into his, you know, his personal life too much or anything like mm-hmm. that, but I just remember that there were, he just, you know, he had, he had a lot of complaints, I guess, because <clears throat> he wasn't able to get a room. And he was kind of like a gift horse, you know, looking a gift horse in the mouth, you know. Yes, sure. Kind of like, sure. you know, I mean, they're giving you a free place, you know. But I guess basically the doors closed before work was, <clears throat> you know, before he got off work. So he mm-hmm. wasn't able, he had to go into like mass population or something. And so, mm-hmm. and he was telling me that there was a guarantee with that, that if he had a job, 
then they would provide a room kind of thing. But yeah. I dug a little bit uh, deeper into it mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> and realized that the reason he wasn't getting a room was because he wasn't going to chapel. Yeah. Um, I mean, and there's, there's, there's any number of reasons why uh, he's right. not getting a room. Um, to say that really it's just a bed, you know, it's dormitory-style housing. There are a lot right. of people who are working in his in his situation. If he doesn't Absolutely. present the necessary paperwork and show up early and do what he needs to do, then yeah, you're right. He, they may go early, you know. Right. Uh, that being said, there are still beds out there. We have a cold weather dorm that never fills up, uh, or well, it hasn't lately. You know, I don't know when this yeah. was going on. Perhaps during the winter time, but I mean, you know, there are 400 men. Guess what? There's going to be lines and procedure that has has to be followed. Right, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Then, he, oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. And I was going to say, and 400, 400 is an exceptionally low count. You know, right. uh, during during this extra cold winter, you know, it was up close to six or 700. Oh, I so, can only imagine. Yeah. So it's, so, uh, I mean, there's only so much, you know, you you, you got to play ball, brother. <laughs> you know? Right. You gotta well, I think... I think his his issue, and it wasn't the fact that he wasn't, you know, a Christian and he just was stubborn and didn't want to go to chapel. He had to work because he worked nights. So yeah. he wasn't able to go to the evening chapel. So it's kind of like, darn if you do, darn if you don't, you know. Well, like, well, well, that's not even that's not even even an issue as well. If you're if you can show us that you're working, we're happy to, you know, we're happy we have a third shift workers dorm. Where people can right. sleep from 6 a.m. to 2, we have, you know, uh, at, at least in our shelter, we have the Pathway to Work program, where uh, it, we take people whose only problem is they just need a job, they just need to save some money, and, and they just need to get a job, need to save some money, they need to get up and out of here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's all they. That's all they need. Uh, he could have right. applied for that and gotten in up until up until just lately. There were plenty of beds available, and. There's right. also the workers' dorm. Well, all you have to do is show that you have a pay, current pay stub, and you automatically get 90 days in there. But you have to re up every day. So, right. right. There are. Yeah, certain- I've done. Unfortunately, um, my job. I mean, I work at a restaurant, so I mean, you get all kinds of different people, mm-hmm. and we we actually hire a lot of um, homeless, you know, people that are staying in the shelter. Um, you know, either starting out and, you know, dish or things like mm-hmm. that, just different areas. I mean, you get to, you get to kind of get experiences with a variety of different people. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to able, <clears throat> able to meet a couple different fellows. Um, besides that one gentleman, there was a couple other guys that I, that I worked with and, um, one of them just, he went through, the, the, there was a program that he went through and it was, it was like a six to eight month program kind of. You know, mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about God and, and get you going in the right direction and get you on your feet. And mm-hmm. he uh, um, and he had another buddy that basically went through the same program, and you could definitely see the differences in the gratefulness of the one gentleman, and then the other gentleman just you know he's just going to be a con guy for the rest of his life, I think. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. It's just some people, yeah. you know. I mean, they. They learn to uh, use other people as a crutch in some way, and some people learn from it to succeed and, right. and be a better person. So, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was just an interesting, interesting note. But well, Tom, uh, 
let's know uh, what uh, <clears throat> what is your web presence now, or how people could get in touch with you if they needed to. I have no web presence. <clears throat> the only way that you can get in touch with me is you can come down to where I work, and uh, and ask ask for case management. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I just, I'm just not doing much. That's that's not where I've been led these days. I'm 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 off. God, I'm more face to face. So. Gotcha. Cool. Well, stay on the line with us. We're just going to close out this section, and uh, we'll be right back on Conspiranormal. And we're back. On Conspiranormal. That's right. Uh, had uh, Luke is not here tonight. Had uh, Bobby sit in a little bit. Yo. And uh, just uh, Bobby's my roomie and just uh, drafted him in to uh, <laughs> talk to Mr. Tom Bionic tonight. I want to thank uh, Tom for coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, this is episode 49, and next week is episode 50. And then we're going to have our big, like, episode number 50 party. Woo! So, uh, Bobby's going to be here getting drunk as, as usual. And, uh, what we'll... as usual. <laughs> Come on. That's not cool. It's people think, yeah. Now, now, if I were drunk right you, like, now, like, you're, like a raging maybe... alcoholic or yeah, something, right? Bobby. <laughs> Carry a bottle beside my bed. Well, we're gonna have you. Uh, you're gonna give your um, your ghost story that happened to you at I'm the party. Try. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna have a lot of other people give their ghost stories. So it's gonna be like a two-parter. We're gonna have a two-part uh, show, and uh, one's gonna be some roundtable discussions with some of the guests that have been on this show, and then um, also we're gonna be interviewing people at the party with the ghost stories and the paranormal stuff. So, uh, looking forward to it. With beer and ribs. With beer and ribs, yep. With the uh, compliments of uh, Mr. Ho- of Chef Harden. So, uh, maybe a little karaoke later. <laughs> That's right. That won't be recorded on the, online. But, uh, well, anyway, thanks for coming out and uh, thanks for listening. Um, we'll listen to us on the Fringe Radio Network and we'll be back next week on Conspiracy Normal. Have a good one, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Up
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.